Listening to Astral Projection Radio Hour on BFF.fm, Best Frequencies Forever. I'm She Wolf. And I'm Beatrix Gravesguard. We'll be casting witchy vibes and sonic spells 
until 6 p.m. So gather around, light a candle, and levitate with us. We are so excited to have a special guest with us this week. Jessica Lignato is here. Yay! I think it's your third time with on the show. It is my third time. You're I'm like so excited. One of our most frequent and beloved <gasps> guests. Really? Am oh, I yeah. I'm a frequent flyer. You're a frequent flyer. And I got texts to people like, <gasps> they're like the famous Jessica. You have a famous lady on your show today. We've only gotten more famous <laughs> since the first time. That's amazing. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> and we've got an, another uh, new friend in the studio. Your new book. My book baby. Your baby is Congratulations. Born. It's so beautiful. Hold it up for everyone at home to see. <laughs> um, no, I want to describe what it looks like because it's just so beautifully designed. Like the colors are you, you are so you. Um, There's some gold foil. It's but it's um it's very modern. Like I uh, as someone who went through a book design process uh, largely designed by She Wolf, like we we know a lot of what goes into it. But um your book is so beautiful. Thank you. But yeah, it's a really so. like refreshing design. Like it's so clean looking and it's so inviting. Thank and I like you. the shape. It's a good square shape. Yeah. We that was our first conversation yeah. actually. It was about we wanted the book to go in a tote bag yes. and for people to write inside the yes. book. Yeah. And like to to use the textbook and to to continue to learn but also to be able to schlep it everywhere without breaking your back. Yeah. So the book is called uh, Astrology for Real Relationships, Understanding You, Me, and How We All Get Along. Also such a great title. Thank you. Um, That came through blood, sweat, and tears. I had no idea how hard any of this stuff would be. I thought writing the book would be the hard part. (laughs) No, it's all the stupid decisions. It's all the decisions. (laughs) And it's also like the whole, like you don't get full control over any of it. You just don't. We almost staged a coup over having, they wanted to give us a neon yellow band and we were like, absolutely not. (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) I mean, it is it is a lot. It's like a very collaborative process. Yes. And, you know, you're working with people who it's their full-time job to make books and then you're like, but this is the only book I've ever made. This is my baby. And it so is your baby. Very different. It's your vibe. firstborn. Yeah. 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 You're so pro- you're so protective over it. Yes. Um, and there's also the I don't know about you because you also host a really great podcast, Ghost of a Podcast, which we'll Thank talk you. about later. Um, but I don't know. Like we were talking about this offer, and we'll talk about it a little bit later about like translating your knowledge into different mediums. Mm. And there's something that. I'm a writer, and so I'm, like, obsessed with constantly editing things. And maybe because I came of age in, like, the era of blogs where it's possible to do that. Um, but there's some of the finality of, like, a, a book. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, this is a physical object, and now it's just done, and I can't go back and edit anything. It's painful. It's so painful. It's painful. I I mean, reading the book is excruciating because I'm just <laughs> like, why did that sentence come that way? Why didn't yeah. I use a different word here? You know? Um, and then there's just typos as well. But um, yeah, it's, I mean, the book, it, it's a process, I think, of, yeah. of kind of like letting go of control in that way. Oh, mm. oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Can I ask you if, so uh, Beatrix and I did this when our book son was born. Uh, I'm wondering if you did the birth chart for your book. Interesting. I did not. Mm. What did you cast the chart for the day it came out? Yeah, just midnight. 
the the day, day it dropped. Yeah. It dropped. Yeah. No, I didn't. Not a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was it was New Year's Eve 2019. Yeah. Is the day it dropped. So yeah. the book is also Capricorn, like you. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Maybe it's a triple it Capricorn as well. I mean, I'm gonna have to check. I can't yeah. believe I didn't check. But uh, you know, sometimes when events are just like utterly out of my control, I don't cast charts. Because what's the point? You I know, know, I understand that. Yeah. Like, yeah. what are you going to do? I think we did ours after because we were just like, and and it was in part because we felt kind of like parents. Yeah. yeah. This. You know, we, we kind of made <laughs> this baby together yeah. and we're like, okay, what's what's his sun sign, you know? And yeah. we did a little chart and it was it was cute because it felt like, uh, like it was kind of um, a, a good like amoeba of the two of us. Yeah. Like kind of combination oh, really that's so is. nice yeah. i love that yeah that's great so what was your um what was the process like did you feel like from the get-go like oh i have a book in me and i need to write it or were you approached to write a book i mean i imagine you were people yeah, were like was, uh yeah. this lady's so good at what she does <laughs> let's, go, let's get a book out of her astrology is so hot right now oh that is true <laughs> that is actually true the astrology is so hot right now was the thing i um I have, I don't enjoy writing. Let me just start okay. there. I yeah. love talking. I don't enjoy writing too much. I do write a lot. Mm -hmm. So um, I was approached by somebody who suggested I write a book and I was like, no. Mm -hmm. And then I was approached by somebody else and I was like, no. And then I was approached by somebody else and I was like, <laughs> maybe I yeah. should write a book. Um, and then all things kind of came together and I ended up collaborating with a woman named T Greenaway kind of magically I've, who we've known each other for many years. I don't know, maybe 15 years mm -hmm. or something. Um, and she's a writer. And I spoke the book. Oh, that's oh, so perfect. It was. Because, you yeah. know, this person, I'm pointing at myself as though <laughs> everyone can see me. But I was I was really nervous about, about like, a couple layers of it. One is just writing is difficult, I it find. Is, yeah. um, but the other thing is that um, because I have so much data in my head yeah. and I've been working, like I'm self-taught, and I've been working alone in a cave, AKA a room. Yep. But you know, um, for many years, I was really nervous about my ability to effectively and succinctly translate yeah. the data, you know? Sure. Um, and so working with T Greenaway was amazing for me on, on a lot of levels, but one big one was um, she was able to be like, that doesn't make sense right or like she can ask the questions like yeah. the lay person might exactly, ask to exactly. Be like help me understand that better yeah. which is so that's brilliant because mm -hmm. also like your voice really is in the book like I, mm -hmm. as somebody who has had multiple sessions with you I'm like oh I feel like she's talking to yeah, me right now like, I know the way she says this I can hear it in her voice yeah. where she's like girl what yes. you doing what are you doing <laughs> um but we edited it together yeah so like line by line yeah we edited mm -hmm. it together which was Oh man, don't even, I have like, yeah, palpitations. I had to print out, they wouldn't give us the PDF, PDFs of our book, like in copies. Cause I, the thing with our book too, is it was a very specific layout. And so I had to cut like characters. Wow. And I was like, please just let me go in and do it. And our editor was like, just cut the last sentence, everyone. I was like, no, 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 I don't work like that. So I had, I printed out PDF copies and took a red pen and would excruciatingly cross out like oh one God. word at a time. That's amazing so yeah i i feel you're well, editing you're, you're putting me in, in editing place. pain <laughs> that's amazing yeah yeah it, it was um i'm really really grateful that i got to collaborate yeah. with T about this it really was truly truly lovely to do it that way for yeah. me 
And um, yeah, and I think it, it produced a better product because, yeah, she was able to just be like this. We have to break down this before we can get to that. Mm -hmm. and, and I, you know, a lot of those kinds of things I wouldn't have known. And um, and yeah, I just had a lot of data in my head ready to uh, spew onto a book. Spew is the wrong word. <laughs> I take it back. But uh, I guess write a, in a book. Sometimes I don't know. it's a little bit of a spew. Yeah. You know? and, it and it's a little bit of a, it sounds like it was a little bit of a summoning as well, yes. right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, well said. And what was your, you know, when you sat down to think like, okay, I'm ready to do this. And as somebody who has been steeped in astrology, and I imagine has read a lot of astrology texts over the years, like when you sat down, what was your sort of, did you have a vision of like, this is what I want this book to be? And this is how I want it to be different than other books? Oh, yeah. Like, what was your kind of thought process behind that? So I've been lecturing to astrologers for, mm -hmm. I don't know, 15 years yeah. now. Um and well, I guess maybe a little bit more than 15 years at this point. Anyways, and so I have given this talk um, about intimacy issues mm -hmm. many times to astrologers. And what that ended up being was the nucleus for this book. And um, I so so I knew the structure of how yeah. I wanted the book to go. I knew I wanted to be friends and then lovers and then relationships mm. because there aren't a lot of astrology texts out there for friendships but also for like that tbd stage where you're which totally is like 90 oh percent yeah. of why people get readings so, right yeah. <laughs> not 90 percent but like I a very high yeah. percentage what's right. this person mean what is where is it going yeah, yeah where's it going what's yeah. it mean why do i keep on attracting photographers and i hate photos i don't right. know like yeah. people <laughs> really have um a lot of questions about about that stage of dating and there's not a lot of astrology text out there That's about so that. true yeah, yeah. a and lot of what i remember uh, we're like kind of around the same age and I grew up hanging out in like the occult section of Walden books and it yeah. would be like an entire book on like how to catch a Scorpio lover. Okay. And, and it was very gendered. It was like man, a woman, always, you know. Always. <laughs> and that's the other part of it is that like this idea of like, um, you know, men are from Mars and women are from yeah. Venus is just not good astrology, no. you know. Yeah. And the idea of like Scorpio women being one way and Scorpio right. men being yeah. another while there may be ways that that's true, I really would contend that's nurture instead of nature. Yeah. And we can't really look at astrology outside of culture and, you know, a million other like contextualizing details. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted an astrology text that would encompass uh, feminist, a.k.a. humanitarian, like humanistic values, right? Yeah. Like we are equal and also encompass multiple ways of relating and multiple genders and all that kind of stuff. So yep. it just really reflects my values and yeah. my practice and the people I've actually worked with and that yeah. kind of stuff. And it sounds like with relationships, you're not just referring to romantic or, or sexual. It's like relationships between any group or pair of people. Yes. Right? Yeah. yeah. Or even, you know, um, we were very careful within the book to not frequently refer to pairs because mm -hmm. lots of people are in triads yeah. or, yeah. you know, or any number of things. And then there were people who are asexual but have mm -hmm. romantic relationships. Yep. So, you know, it's hard with a word count, you know, and it's hard <laughs> with like a fixed topic yeah. to be as um, kind of nuanced as I would prefer to be because you can't use multiple sentences to say what most people say in a word yeah. um, and still have people enjoy your book. So, but that was the endeavor. The endeavor was to be as um, kind of encompassing of as many people as possible because astrology is for people who are, who are looking for answers about themselves. So when we exclude people in the way we talk about astrology, 
it just it breaks my heart yeah you know totally yeah were you surprised by anything that came out of the either out of writing the book or even like in the aftermath of like not that necessarily you had like new knowledge but just like maybe a new way of Mm. interpreting or seeing or explaining things i think not exactly with that um part but i definitely i mean the book has been out for like three weeks yeah so so but but i will say that i was like this is either going to be incredibly useful to people yeah or they're gonna look at this book and be like what do i do with this i don't know you know like it's it's not because i have so much knowledge in my head it's hard for me to to um tell what's obvious to Mm -hmm. people because Mm -hmm. you know a big part of my work because i am self-taught um i thought all astrologers were using astrology in the way that i do with medical astrology and with Mm -hmm. prenatal issues and i came to find that that was completely not the case and i was like really that's surprising and so um for me sometimes what seems really obvious is not obvious to other people so so far so good uh (laughs) <laughs> Knock on wood. Uh, people seem to be understanding the book and liking the book and thinking it's really useful and practical. Yeah. So that's my dream come true. No, I, also, I remember that fear too of like, does this, remember, remember like, I was like, is this book going to make any sense? Does it make sense? <laughs> right. I mean, it's a nightmare to think that you created a textbook and people are like, mm, I don't know what yeah. this means. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's missing the internal monologue somehow, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 I'm also curious like to kind of piggyback on that question I know you've been doing astrology for a long time and you kind of work in in other spiritual realms. I'm wondering if if working with a book as as a medium changed your relationship at all to astrology or how you think about it, like mm. having to kind of like I don't know, work in a in a different texture or a shape. That's interesting. You know, did I mean again? I, I spoke the book more than wrote it, so it didn't change it as much as you think because mm. of that. Because I speak astrology so mm-hmm. much, um, but it, it did, I guess, solidify something. I mean, I like I said, I'm self-taught. I I did a couple years of college, but really, I'm mainly just high school educated. I'm very comfortable and com- and you know, I'm comfortable with that. But it's not. I'm not a scholar of astrology. And I know a lot of scholars of astrology and I have so much respect for what they do. It's not what I do. Um, and so there's something about, I think, writing a book and, and just steeping myself in, in the data that is just like swimming around in this head of mine that I think was really, um, I don't know, maybe validating or solidifying. Um, but, you know, I don't know if that's exactly yeah it's from the process of writing the book it is yeah Mm. but it's i will say that um we are having this conversation less than a month into it being out and so my guess is that i would have a different answer for you in a couple months or maybe a better answer a more like well-rounded answer yeah Uh, because really since new year's eve it's been go 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 yep Mm -hmm. so and a lot of you know i'm a hermit (laughs) a lot of people contact like a lot of irl people contact which is unusual for me yeah yeah um I have another question, and maybe we'll take we'll play some of your tunes that you picked out. Um, but this goes back to the concept of the book being about relationships. I think I know your answer to what I'm about to ask because I've listened to your podcast so much. <laughs> but what would you? What are your thoughts on um, it? Like reading, interpreting the birth chart of someone you're in a relationship with, or in the TBD stage. Mm. <laughs> Excellent question. Yes. Okay. So 
when you're in the TBD stage, yeah. AKA situationship, you're in a situationship, <laughs> you're like boning with no intention of mm-hmm. getting serious or you're not sure if it's going to get serious now and you know, you're open or hopeful. Looking at other people's charts is a distraction from yourself. That's yeah, what I believe. I really do that. believe that if if you're in a partnership and you're like negotiating life issues, okay, that's fine. Look at their chart. Mm-hmm. That said, I've been with my partner for, we just had our eight year anniversary and I don't look at his chart um, unless I'm looking at something specific for mm-hmm. him and I don't know where his Mars is. Like I just mm-hmm. don't remember that stuff um, because it's not helpful mm-hmm. actually. What's helpful, especially in the TBD stage, is looking at your own damn self and looking at what you're consenting to and looking mm-hmm. at how you're responding and how you're reacting and taking responsibility for that. Because I think it's really interesting to look at your crush's chart, but I will say that I don't know that it's, it doesn't help you get to know them. The yeah. only way to get to know a person is to like actually experience them. I often, in fact, I believe I repeated this on the show last week. It's my most quoted advice of yours, which is the, you don't know a bitch advice. Thank you very much. It made I it can, into the book even. Yeah, you don't know yeah. a bitch until uh, you've been in a fight and you've been wrong. You've yep. been in a fight and they've been wrong. You've been sick. They've been sick and you've done the holidays together. Real talk. So I agree gold. with us completely. <laughs> I think we're so smart. We did an, I did an advice show last week with uh, another host here. And so there was a couple where I was like, oh, I'm going to quote Jessica Lignata right now. Thank you um, so much. The best relationship advice of all time. It really so, is. Yeah, I feel like you hit the nail on the head there with like things we, we've, on this show talked a lot about all the different kind of like archetypal or like personality systems that people use to kind of figure out themselves. I think that a lot of the time people try to use those to um, gain control over other people. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I, I feel like that you you really just nailed like why I bristle at those. Yeah. Because I like I, I have such a I mean, this is my own shit, but I hate being perceived. So I'm just like, oh, it's just uh, you, you think, you know, but you don't. That's and, it. And but yeah, it's like it doesn't help your relationships. When it's you're true. Just like, it doesn't. You, yeah. And the thing, too, is that like how if you're a Pisces, the way you're going to experience a Sagittarius is from the perspective of being a Pisces. Yeah. Right. Not from, from the, the perspective. Bias yeah. Of right. Completely. Pisces, right. It's yeah. completely. We are all biased. We are all coming from our own perspective. Yeah. And when we use astrology as a way to like get to know someone, mm-hmm. What we're actually doing is trying to protect ourselves Mm -hmm. and trying to like brace ourselves. And that doesn't help you get to know anyone. Mm -hmm. It doesn't. And also you're not objective. And I just I say this as, you know, a professional astrologer for many years. I am not objective when I'm looking Mm -hmm. at someone I'm intimate with. There's just no way. You know, there's no no way. There has to be some measure of, you know, separation between you and the data in order to see the data really clearly yeah and even then i mean you know there's no such thing as pure objectivity but that said like if you can use astrology to kind of like clean up your own shit you yes. can kind so of, yeah you know arrive at a place where you're like willing willing to let people in exactly it's, it's so valuable and i feel like that's not, like on your show that's the like the major thesis is like when people are like what do i do you're like Get right with your own shit. Yeah. And yeah. like pretty much I give the same advice yeah. every week. Go from there. <laughs> but it is, help, it is helpful. Order. Like I I'm so I have a very Taurus heavy chart, like my Mars, Mercury, Venus, Sun, all in Taurus. And if I and I've done the thing of like looking at someone else's Venus sure and I'm like, oh have. well they're Ve-. I'm like, well, if their Venus is in Sagittarius, then how do I need to be to to seduce them? And I'm like, wait a second. Uh-huh. I was like, but 
my Venus is in Taurus, so I like things <laughs> this way. That's all <laughs> like, you need that to should worry be about. Thing. That should, if somebody doesn't like you because you're yourself and you're embodying yeah. your chart and the best of your ability, yeah. then you should not fucking date them yeah. or befriend them. You know, and oh and I, I need like your your ear in the headpiece in my ear all I day mean, long. I would be happy to <laughs> record like that a miniature for you. Jessica on yeah. your shoulder. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So walk away. Yeah. <laughs> walk away. <laughs> Don't forget your Venus is in Taurus. Bring sacks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bring, <laughs> yeah. All, the Bring all the sacks. Yeah. So true. <laughs> um, well, we have an awesome playlist you put together for us yeah. today. Thank so you, we'll as play. usual, for I know. bringing the music. I love getting to pick out a playlist. Did you see how quickly I responded to your email? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was That's just like, like, a playlist. Like, so she's fun. ready to go. Yeah. yeah, and you mentioned that uh, this is this is your Saturn playlist. Saturn and Capricorn. Ooh. It's my Saturn and Capricorn playlist. It's yeah, a little more emo than other playlists okay. I've done. Let's talk Saturn's about Saturn and Capricorn yeah. when we come back. Yeah. I, uh, I'm a Capricorn moon, so I let's song resonate. <laughs> you can follow us on Twitter at Witch Radio. You can tweet at us if you have any questions for Jessica, and you can also follow us on Instagram at Witch Radio. This is the Shags with Why Do I Feel Ugh, Feelings? <laughs> You're listening to Astral Projection Radio Hour on BFF.fm, featuring Jessica Lignato.
Yeah. 
You make no, you make no sense. 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 listening to Astral Projection Radio Hour on BFF.fm, Best Frequencies Forever. You just heard ESG with You Make No Sense. Before that was the Liminianas with I've Got Trouble on My Mind. Starting off that set was the Shags with Why Do I Feel. And we're joined in the studio today by Jessica Lignato, who also picked that last set and much of the playlist today. Thank you for always imparting your yes. beautiful, <laughs> wonderful music taste. I just show. love getting to sit here with you guys and listen to music that I picked out. <laughs> I feel like ESG is a very Capricorn band to me. I agree. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what it is about them. but Also, putting a good beat to You Make No Sense yeah. is a very yeah. Capricorn vibe, <laughs> yeah. is it not? Absolutely. It is a very Capricorn vibe, yeah. Um, say more about... Because uh, you mentioned before that this is your uh, Saturn and Capricorn playlist. Yes. Say more about, about well, this. Well, some of the songs, not the three you just played, um, are a little more emo and slow. I mean, Saturn and Capricorn's melancholy. It's, it's a transit of consequences. And so, you know, why do I have feelings? You make no sense. <laughs> These things are pretty on yeah. on on brand for Saturn and Capricorn IMO. Um, so yeah, it it's I kind of was uh, usually when I when I've come here, I feel like I've even picked the Pointer Sisters once. Mm-hmm. Like I I've gone with yeah. like party vibes because mm-hmm. I'm so excited to be here. Um, but I was just like, well, let's just be honest. <laughs> it was like 700 planets in Capricorn, and let's not get too excited, you know. 
But yeah. you, you played the, probably the, the most upbeat of the songs that I yeah, played. Yeah, it's only going to get darker from yeah. here. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're just downhill. sinking into it. Yes. And yeah. is, um, so Sat- uh, Saturn is Capricorn's ruling planet. Yes. Yeah. And so Saturn's is, at home. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, and uh, we also currently have Jupiter and Pluto in Capricorn. Yeah. The sun as well. Sun, yeah. And I believe Mercury is still in Capricorn. Oh, mm. I'm feeling a yeah. lot of Capricorn energy. Yeah, there's a lot of right now. Man, energy. I yeah. today felt so um, Capricorn accomplished and that I both uh, successfully argued with the IRS to not charge me twelve thousand extra dollars in taxes. Congratulations! Which was a whole Byzantine uh, phone <laughs> tree system, um, and changed my address. I did a whole bunch of like task things today that I had been like procrastinating. Get it like, done before Mercury goes retrograde. Yeah, and I was like, all right, I soon. feel my Capricorn moon is like pleased with me right now. It's Good like, yes. for you. And what date does Mercury go retrograde? Um, if my memory uh, assists me well, it is February 16th. Okay. And the shadow, yes, the shadow mm. is as soon as like the 4th, I believe. Mm. Um the retro shade. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So I, uh, yeah, February. I mean, you thought January was a pain in your buns. Then came February. Uh, but Mercury retrograde, you know, it's not to be feared. It's only mm-hmm. to be prepared for. Yeah. 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 If, if you have to go to the DMV, try to go before or after the retrograde, <laughs> yeah. as an example, because I have to go to the DMV. January yeah. has felt like a very jumpy month for me. And I don't know if that's just because I'm going through a transition. But like, it feels a little, <laughs> it's like not been a chill month either personally or like globally. Yeah. I don't think January is ever chill. Yeah. Just, you know, in my yeah. recent memory. Yeah. I don't think so either. I agree with you. Yeah. But also this particular month, I mean, here we are. Today's only the 21st, but we've had an eclipse, mm. which is mm. like this massive celestial curveball. Yeah. And the Saturn-Pluto conjunction, which is going to have reverberations for many years to come. Can you say um, a little bit more about that? I know, it, and if anybody wants a deep dive, you did do um, a show on your own podcast, Ghost mm-hmm. of a Podcast. And I think, didn't you do like a special bonus I did. Patreon episode? Yes. yes. Yeah. And I was like, ooh, I got to hear that one It's a, there, And there's one episode that's specifically like 2020 year ahead mm-hmm. stuff. Um, but the Saturn-Pluto conjunction, there's so much I could say about it. But uh, the... the it, so Saturn and Pluto coming together in Capricorn. It's a very big deal. Um, and I guess the shorthand of what I would say is simply that uh, it's a confrontation with the value of capitalism. Mm. Um, it is a confrontation with power and power struggles and power systems. Mm. On a personal level, it has confronted us with our coping mechanisms. We are meant to be destabilized right now. We are destabilized mm. and hopefully... This is something we were just talking about, about the election in Taiwan. But um, hopefully the destabilization will will promote greater humanity and humanitarianism. Mm-hmm. Uh, and potentially it takes us the other direction. Right. So yeah. that's I'm trying to keep it vague a little bit. Just okay. to, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's it's tricky. You know, the um, there's there's just a lot of there's a lot of risk at play, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. You mentioned earlier off air that you're reluctant to look into the future, mm-hmm. especially, you know, this year. Can can you say a little bit more about that? Yeah, I mean, I have some pretty, um, I mean, I have done a lot of looking into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have some pretty um, 
deep concerns about our future. Mm -hmm. And I don't just mean that domestically. Um, I'm talking about the planet. I'm mm -hmm. talking about, um, you know, the international community of humans and animals and air and water. <laughs> uh, and I have, I have some theories and I don't think that astrology is best used by predicting grim mm -hmm. global mm -hmm. events. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's best used for figuring out, okay, so if these are the problems, then what are the ways that we can mobilize around solutions? Yeah, and yeah. I'd rather focus on communicating how to mobilize around solutions. Mm -hmm. um, and that is something that takes a lot more work on my part as an yeah. astrologer and as yeah. a person who like produces content, which is why when people yeah. ask me questions about like the astrology of 2020 or 2021, I start talking real slow and I get mm -hmm. real hesitant uh -huh. to say things because um, I, I do want to take the responsibility of, um, of having a look into the future yeah. very seriously. Yeah. I'm curious about, you know, Psychic influences, uh, in particular, like it, it seems like there's kind of two main ways that influence is, is kind of disseminated now that I that I see. There's the the fear tactic of like things are are very bad, like move now, mm -hmm. sort of. And then there's sort of like the like empowerment, like you know, uh, sort of like step into power mm -hmm. and and both of those feel very aggressive and kind of like um and we're in kind of like an emperor tarot year right and 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 both of those seem like they tend to drive a lot of reactivity mm -hmm. and and i'm wondering if you if you have thoughts about like putting putting more like vectors out there and and where to kind of like if is there a third or fourth or fifth or you know other other kind of vehicle yeah that that's more effective that's a really good kind of reflection and question because i think really saturn and capricorn pluto and capricorn all this freaking jupiter and capricorn all this mm -hmm. stuff is consequences mm -hmm. it's all consequences um it's action and causality mm -hmm. and so this is why there's all this like heavy-handed like either like you can do it, but you got to do it. Or doesn't matter what you do, we're all going down. Yeah. Because, because there's, I mean, they're, they're both true. You know, they're both true. I mean, there's certain things that are, um, I don't know that there's a gentle way in mm -hmm. because I don't think our problems are, I think we've waited too long, Yeah. you know? And then on a personal level, the energy is playing itself out on a personal level too. And on a personal level, I think we are meant to confront our coping mechanisms. And so how does one confront their coping mechanisms, it's to start coping, mm -hmm. which usually means our survival mechanisms get engaged. So whether your survival mechanisms are getting engaged because you're confronting a divorce or, you know, making a meaningful change in your life, or you're looking at the climate crisis or the rise of authoritarianism, you know, whatever it is that is triggering that survival mechanism or those survival mechanisms is an opportunity to make new choices in the face of old reactions mm -hmm. um, and to find a new way of kind of um, engaging mm -hmm. with uh, with the world and with oneself. So I think I, I personally strive 
to acknowledge that I think <laughs> the end is nigh. No, I don't really. <laughs> I don't exactly think that. That would be easy. I don't think we're going to get off easy. Uh, but I do, I do think this is a time of consequences. And I also try to really focus on the constructive yeah. parts of it. Mm-hmm. Um, because honestly, as a person who, who sees all the things that can go wrong, it doesn't help me live better. Right. You yeah. know, it's not useful. Yeah. And, um, and I hope with the most of my heart that I'm wrong about most of what I see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like, so far, that's intense for a Capricorn to say. Yeah. I would love yeah. to be wrong. Oh, girl, that's I would never love that. to be wrong. You have no idea. Never heard a Capricorn say that oh, in my life. I have said this a lot about this particular topic. Yeah. A lot. I would love to be wrong. Yeah. Yeah, it's bad. Oh, man. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy's right. Can you say a little bit more about, like, the ways that maybe you are personally and and maybe ways that um, the world might look to constructively deal with this rather than uh, either reactively or even like blindly optimistically. Yeah, blind optimism worries me more than everything mm, else, honestly. Um, We can't pray any of this away. Love and light is not what's going to do this. If love and light could fix our problems we wouldn't have our problems to begin with i don't think um i think it depends on a person's personality resources um skills uh but i i think there needs to be some sort of comprehensive approach to our problems and part of what that is is recognizing that the climate crisis is central to everything Mm -hmm. to the problems with capitalism with xenophobia um, you know, as we have less and less resources and we have a more unpredictable earth um, and the rich hoard what they have and we have to rely on our governments more for, for kind of basics, we, you know, we have more and more problems that we're going to have to confront. And so I think the climate crisis does need to be um, something that we're all engaging with in a conscious way. Mm-hmm. And that might simply look, at, look like looking at how you shop. You know, not buying throwaway clothes, literally throwaway clothes. You know, it might look like a a million different things. Vegans will tell you it's veganism. People who don't want kids will tell you it's don't have kids. Like there's a million (laughs) things that you can do and no one person should do all the things, you know. But I think it's about looking at our lives and figuring out, can I do the things, you know. Um, Can you make an effort if you have money, regardless of how much money you have, to not shop with companies that you know are evil like are you know have terrible labor practices or supporting ice um and that's not going to be possible all the time you know i have a book out and it's sold on amazon and amazon is one of the largest booksellers mm-hmm. in you know in in the us at least and there's no getting around that and um there's no getting around that people review the book on amazon more than anywhere else and they probably buy it i don't have the statistic yet it's only been mm-hmm. a couple weeks but you know that said you know we can make our efforts to support yeah actual like brick and mortar mortar like small businesses and stuff like that because it there is uh like a a ripple effect that those kinds of small choices have mm-hmm. and i think finding our kind of um our agency within capitalism mm-hmm. is a really valuable step that anyone can take regardless of where they're at in it um and then there's other ways of getting involved but i think a big one is um not getting distracted. Okay, this is what I'm going to say is stupid a little bit. 
Um, but you know the you know the Hunger Games. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. okay, you know the Hunger Games. And I think it's like, I don't know, the final book and like the whole thing. And I'm sorry, spoiler, 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 spoiler. <laughs> it's been out um, for a while. Gonna, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it was still, it's a really good set of books. So you should read them or watch movies or whatever. Yeah. But okay. So that she like goes into the arena with all the like winners or whatever mm-hmm. and her the advice she's given is don't forget who the enemy is the enemy mm-hmm. is not the people in the ring the enemy yeah. is the system that yeah. put them there Ooh. and yeah. that is where we are yeah. that is the next several years yeah. don't yeah. forget who your fucking enemy is oh, can i say it yeah oh yeah. yeah okay yeah. sorry i really i'm throwing them around <laughs> the radio okay yeah. great um, yeah it's it's not you know the democrat that you don't like yeah. That's not your enemy. Not it's not enemy. the person who you have a varied, you know, level of opinion with. It is the system that put us here. And we yeah. all have a role to play. And we can't yeah. change the system. You know, very few people have that kind of power. But we can change ourselves. And we can focus on the right enemy. Yeah. And not lose energy on the yeah. wrong enemy. And that's a hard choice to make. But it is the choice we keep on. We need to return to yeah. and return to and return to. And so it's like that little, like... It just that story really encapsulates it for me. Oh, no, it's such a good reminder. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. system is delighted when we fight each other. Yeah. The system is like, please yeah. keep keep tearing each other yeah. to shreds because then you're not looking at us. Yeah, don't get me started yeah. on Hillary Clinton today. Just yeah. about that. You yeah. know, it's like yeah. infighting is a waste of our energy. It is handing our our distraction yeah. to the real enemy. I feel which, that way too about people that fight over fight over like Bernie versus Elizabeth, and I'm like, who? Come on, come on, Same person. Like, <laughs> have a, yeah, have like, a, yeah, have an opinion, have pre- have That's preferences, yeah. but pick your battles. Yeah, like that is not it's, this is a battle to pick. And and you know, kind of on that topic, uh, and this is something that I did talk about mm-hmm. in my podcast is that we have these eclipses coming this year in the Gemini uh, Sagittarius po- uh, polarity, and we and there's other things astrologically that that bring me to say this. But we really are in a place where we need to look at propaganda, mm, the role yeah. of pop- propaganda, because oh, in all absolutely. authoritarian regimes, we see um, the, the media is controlled. We see in, in the United States, that is a huge thing that's happening right now. It's happening today with the impeachment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we need to, as much as possible, support a free press and uh, support journalism and, you know, really be on the lookout for propaganda and to be aware that other place other countries might be seeing news about our country that we're not seeing yeah yep. i mean that's happening yeah i was i was just in two countries where it felt like the people there had a better uh, grasp of of u.s news than wow. even i do and i was like wow this is so embarrassing that like everyone's just sort of like hmm yeah what's going on over there it's really <laughs> weird um you know, with their own problems. Yeah. There's problems all over the world, but yes. I, I was just like, yeah, we're really like kind of under a microscope right now internationally. Yeah. And, oh, I was also hoping you'd say a little bit more about the, the Gemini Sagittarius polarity because I have yeah. a lot of Gemini and Sagittarius. Oh. So. <laughs> well, you know, those are mutable signs, yeah. right? Which is easily influenced, happy to spread seeds across the winds yeah. of ideas. So it's a little hasty. A little oh, hasty, a little like, you know. It's easy like to I'll judge. share, I'll share, I'll share <laughs> yeah, this yeah. because this, this incenses my emotions. Yeah. So it's Gemini um, is writing and yeah. Sagittarius is publishing. Yeah. So uh, we have the the risk of propagating uh, false narratives mm-hmm. and inaccurate news, aka propaganda. Mm-hmm. Um, we have the risk of running with stories that are either not true mm-hmm. or gossip. 
and treating them like there's something more than mm-hmm. gossip. Um, and I think that the truth is a nuanced thing. You know, very, very infrequently are things black and white, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and that said, that said, I think that um, the truth is very nuanced. Mm-hmm. And, you know, part of what you're talking about of like going to other countries and and, and they're able to see the nuances of our news that we mm-hmm. don't see because mm-hmm. we're overwhelmed by, you know, spin basically Mm -hmm. yeah you know i think that it's about being willing to sit with the nuance of truths which again is about remembering who your damn enemy is Mm -hmm. remembering why it's important to be aware of the news it's not so that you panic yourself it's not so that you hate your enemy or you love your savior your icon or whatever Mm -hmm. it's so that you can stay abreast of the changes in in society and in culture and be empowered to make some sort of choices and uh that's easy to lose track of you know yeah and it's really easy to like lose perspective when you're kind of like in the echo chamber yeah i feel like you know it it's it kind of breeds a heightened reactivity kind of like being in there and being pelted and having your feelings hurt and being offended and being i i mean it's it is very kind of like gemini and sagittarius to to be like this is too much information but you can't why can't you deal with it? It's just information. And it's the kind of like. Right, exactly. And, you know, to that end, and this might seem like a departure, but I swear it isn't. Um, manage your privacy settings. Mm-hmm. Do not use Siri. Alexa is your enemy. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, it's like understand that anything that's, quote, smart is you're giving it permission to record you, mm-hmm. yep. to listen you to product. you. You are the product. And so whatever your, you know, social media your phone, your whatever devices you're using, be savvy, like research mm-hmm. your your privacy settings, mm-hmm. you know, make sure because that actually helps you to not have news tailored to you. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. you get a more diverse yeah. amount of news. Make yeah. sure that if you're on like, you know, I personally love Twitter for news. I follow specifically, uh, you know, as a diverse group of people, sometimes even people I follow that, you know, I deeply agree with because I want to know what they're saying. Yeah. And also you what know? they are like, where they're getting their news yes. and how they're yes. interpreting it. Yeah. yeah. I was one time I was following Ben Shapiro for a minute because I wanted to see what he's saying. Not a guy I agree <laughs> with. Let me be clear. And a woman wrote me the most angry message on Instagram. And she was like, how dare you follow him? He's the devil, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, I'm unfollowing you and I don't like you anymore. And I was, Whoa. yeah, I was, I was just like, you know, it's actually okay to know yeah. what he's not about. an endorsement. It's, you know, it's, it's not only not an endorsement, but there's whether he has, yeah you know, more followers actually doesn't equal people agreeing with him. No. And it's important to know I what agree. people are saying. And it's it's as you're naming, it's like this thing about the emotion that it provokes mm-hmm. is really hard to tolerate. Mm-hmm. And I think it's about recognizing what our anger really is. It's, it's often sadness or fear. Yeah. And yeah. those are feelings that require us breathing into them and not reacting to them, you know, because if you react to sadness or fear, you just generate more sadness and fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's about being willing to sit with anger and defensiveness so that you can get to the emotion underneath That's it true. so that you don't get trapped. Maybe right. being willing to be wrong, like yeah. you mentioned yes. earlier, yeah. right? Like yes. there's, I, I think that especially in liberal and progressive circles, you're held to such a high standard with like, your what you use as an endorsement of the thing it's just like you just can't possibly yeah. get everything right as yeah. a human right yeah my dad uh told me he watches 
Fox News once a week because he they live in a area that has a lot of conservatives. And he's like, I want to be able if I'm going to have like a conversation or a debate with somebody to like understand how this side is like interpreting the news. Mm -hmm. And he's like, and it's actually made for much more open conversations between people. He's like, I he's like, I don't. I watch Fox News and I'm like, whoa, this is totally right. not. He goes, but I'm not endorsing it. I just. He's like, but it's really eye-opening to see yeah. what does and doesn't get covered. If Yeah, if an individual has the bandwidth to take yeah. on that kind of thing, I think it's a really healthy thing yeah. to do. And like, I don't have the bandwidth to watch Fox News, <laughs> but but he, he does, right. He's retired and he's not like, you know, he's like yeah. a, probably a lot of things that yeah. are not at risk. But I think, I think that that it's about recognizing what you personally can yeah. do in a healthy way and changing your approach from time to time. Yeah. Because again, Sag and Gemini, they're mutable. It's um, mutable signs are not the beginning of a season. They're not the middle of the season. They're mm. right before the season changes. Yeah, and so it's a transition moment. And when we're in that transition moment energy, what we're in is the capacity to be in a truth, but be willing to change your mm -hmm. mind, but not yeah. be there yet. Yeah. yeah. And so it's about, you know, seeing what works for you. And when it stops working for you, just change your damn mind. Yeah. I know I'm saying that to a tourist. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm personally guilty of changing my mind too much. Right. Like, so yeah. not that mutable problem. Yeah, too many mutable problems. Yeah, that's a tricky thing. I mean, the truth is true, regardless of our attitudes. And I think that that's like the thing that can get messy for mm -hmm. mutable people. But yeah, yeah it's complicated yeah but we've we've also like in in this country have had a lot of conversations recently about like consistency and integrity yep. and those things not being the same and um looking at like kind of simplifying those concepts mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. and that's I the capricorn like stuff I, yeah, a little bit of mutability can't yeah. hurt yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right um we're gonna play some more of your tunes Woo. you can Follow us on Twitter at Witch Radio. We're also on Instagram at Witch Radio. Send us any questions you have for Jessica. And uh, I'm going to play some more of Jessica's tunes, starting with 101 FM by Lil Sims. You're listening to Astral Projection Radio Hour on BFF.FM. Okay. Mad. Me and Avelino used to make tracks. Live and die in the LDN and ends is mad. She's crazy. Trappers and a whole family in the same damn flat. Eve trying to get a salary while Adam out here licking shots to the cats. Don't let. Shibs on a Friday pulling up a J Bob's gas. Two two gal getting moved by two two man. Come off the decks if you can't mix, it's not happening. More time gunshots in the air like ba 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 mad. Book smart with the bars, but I never learned that from school. 16 doing out radio sets, I'm spinning up all them fools. Spinning up, spinning up, hey. Times I would get home late to my mumsy's crib. Simbi, who you with? What have you done? Where have you been? Shit. Tears in my eyes, real tears when Ken got nicked. Tore everyone apart, but the law don't give two shits. Just another black boy gonna assist them, do a time it been. But he had a heart for the gold, good intent with a smile so big. He did, We used to have dreams of getting out of flats. Playing PS2, Crash Bandicoot, Mortal Kombat. 
master my flow like Daisy and Buster. Legends. A one day buy real weed from a roster. Sticking down baby hairs way before Insta. Times when I had a diamond in my chain, all for one little pose in a picture. Snap, snap. Yeah, never wanna start putting them trees in Rizla. And to the niggas that fell off in this thing, nah, no, we don't miss ya. Nah, no, we don't. But sometimes you have to go missing. Either way, yeah, I was hoping, praying, and wishing. Praying and wishing. Now I'm doing up some mad things, doing up big things. Still I'm in ends when I pass through juniors, planting, ready on sight when I walk in. Wayne shouts out, yo, well gone, sistrin. Killing with flows, one by one, or I kill him with both. Sims is the only one in a job. It's bait, everyone in London knows. Still not, they don't wanna give no props, but life's good when you make this much snow. I'm laid back, I'm good, I'm easy. Old school was too damn easy. In my Air Force One, new era hat. Then PS2, Crash Bandicoot, Mortal Kombat. Used to bunt train and dip the conductor. Now I can buy all the petting from a roster. We used to have dreams of getting out of flats. To the studio just to make tracks. I master my flow, Leluda and Kano. Art's new and recent, them man, trust me, they know. Listening to you sounds a little Sims. Little Slims. This is 101 FM. We're live at ya. Top of the flat. Don't want to feel you, don't want you on my mind, don't want to feel you, don't want you on my mind, don't want to feel you, don't want you on my mind, on my mind, on my mind, 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 mind.
Tell me what you want, I've been getting drunk Where were you, Keela in my cup? Need to kill my lust, always love Knew you from the jump, hiding from the sun See you once a month, lady luck Left you in my dust Review, review, ain't seen you in time Old news, old news, read between the lines I'm just fearful, this vehicle might just pay the price Could you buy a flight tonight? I don't mind. 
to Astral Projection Radio Hour on BFF.fm, Best Frequencies Forever. You just heard Boogie with Swap Meat. Before that was Bakar with Been a Minute. Before that, Georgia Smith and Predator with On My Mind. Starting off that set was Little Sims with 101 FM. We're here with Jessica Lignato. Jessica wants us to know she would have put that song on six times in a row. Yeah, yeah. One of one, I could have, I yeah. would have. But this playlist yeah. is that was a good. So that good. was a really good set. Yeah, kind of yeah. like brought us down. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. I love a little it. Slow gradients. Yeah, yeah. little swap me. Also, off air, off air. Jessica just read me and read me in all senses <laughs> of the word. Yeah, <laughs> like how's oh it, wait, how's it feel? Now I know this is why I'm having a nervous breakdown. Oh. Now I know why I feel like a cracked egg on the floor but oh. uh it's okay i'm uh it's teaching me i think if this uh season has taught me anything it's to just kind of embrace like when i felt like the cracked egg on the floor i'm like you know what i'm just gonna lay here and explore the view that's really it's <laughs> the, the smartest thing <laughs> to like, do. i was like all right here's this is just where i'm at uh, i got very familiar with like uh, living through emotional weather systems. Yes. It's like today's a crying day, so that's just what we're gonna do today. <laughs> that's <It's> just brilliant. <laughs> Love that. Um, but no, that was so uh, helpful. Thank you. Yay, um, I feel like I know. <laughs> I feel like I the the Taurus in me that abhors change is like, all right, this is the lesson for you now is what to do when it all changes. It's like or like God, as they say. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Which I know I'm like both equally terrified of but also curious about um you know sometimes i think uh and you can correct me if i'm wrong but i have an aries rising and i feel like i would probably be the world's most boring person if i didn't have an aries. no <laughs> well just i feel like it gives me a little bit of an, an intrepidness that i i understand uh, what you mean yeah you're right no, because you're it's right. funny like i'm making some big life transition decisions um, that like to me feel abrupt though. I think to others are like, you've been talking about this for a year, but I'm like, but it feels really sudden. But I, um, I, I'm known for like kind of not changing for a long time and then sort of like making really dramatic 
shifts. Like I once ran, like eloped to New Orleans and stayed, you know, like, and I'm like, I look back, I'm like, all right, you have these little sparks of like, I, I, I can feel the stagnancy and I'm like, get out. It's kind of like geologic shift, right? It feels yeah. very much like a geologic yeah. shift. Yeah. Um, like it is very kind of like sudden and catastrophic, but after yeah, like long periods of stability. And there's something building, about building, building, um, building, building. there's something about getting older to me, um, and getting into my late thirties that like I'm I'm curious about like the shifts that come mm-hmm. or like the new experiences, even when they're like scary or they're uncertain I'm like ooh this is a new phase Mm. or this is like a new and I don't know that I like paid as much attention to those shifts when I was younger I don't know what that's about but I I feel it a lot more since turning 35 well there's of course astrological to reasons to back you up for all that are you talking about Saturn transits um at around 35 yes but no not in general right now you're going through your Pluto square so Mm. basically like it's different for different generations, but around your late 30s, um, and I think I was a little younger than you when I went through it, mm-hmm. um, the Pluto square happens. Pluto squares itself, and that transit, it just disrupts your coping mechanisms mm-hmm. again, and it oh, really yeah. confronts you with <laughs> your survival mechanisms, with yeah. your fears, um, and it's a meaningful and deep check-in yeah. that can be really messy. And then a couple years later, Generally, it's in the early 40s. You go through the uh, a Neptune square and a Uranus opposition. Mm-hmm. Um, and those two transits are the transits associated with midlife crisis. Okay. And the Uranus opposition, um, I'm going through mine right now and I just turned 45. Um, and the Uranus opposition is when your life abruptly changes and you need to pivot and you're no longer young, but yeah. you're not yet old. Mm. So there's, there's a lot of, choices in front of you there's a lot of life uranus is enlivening and it it really governs like uh yeah enlivened choices or enlivened Mm -hmm. situations the trouble with it is it often disrupts people's lives at an age when you want stability (laughs) right um and so if you don't have a life that is somewhat flexible um it can be really upsetting so you know you hear like really scary stories of you know people's lives kind of falling apart and divorces and all this kind of stuff um but this transit occurs so that we become more true to ourselves and we still live in a way that is authentic to us and when we go through transits from outer planets uh, it really hits us hard and that there's like certain things that happen uh later 30s you know through and onwards as you're mentioning that you notice you notice Mm. So that's a part of a part of what you're referring to. Yeah. Yeah. I like I feel like uh, that's a que- that's something that came up for me in probably the last couple of months is I have like this uh, I call it newfound, but like a much more deep curiosity about authenticity and like what it means to be authentic. And I think I was sort of smacked in the face with like uh, seeing the ways in which I maybe wasn't being very authentic, mm. and I feel like a lot of that's what draws a lot of people to your work is a lot of your a lot of your messaging is like, be authentic. Yeah, stop caring so much about yeah. what everyone else fucking thinks of you. That's right. That is a <laughs> lot of my message. What is it that you want? Yeah. What are your boundaries? This is what I've learned counseling yeah. people. It's yeah. that when you are accommodating, it, in exchange for being authentic. Yeah. Um you are anxious and confused and don't like your life. Mm. 
you know, and there's no way around it. And it feels like things are happening to you. Mm -hmm. And when you're authentic, you may make mistakes. You may screw up. You may hit a wall. You may not get what you want, but you can look at your own conduct and know that you tried for the life that you want. And that gives a greater measure of peace than phoning it in or shaping yourself into something for someone else ever can, even if it's successful. People who get what they want from being inauthentic, it's not, it doesn't age well. It doesn't feel good. And, and that kind of pain kind of warps us so that our behavior is not great. And then we feel worse. And so it it becomes this like avalanche situation or snowball situation. I've been paying a lot of it. And I think you said this to me in like in the first session I ever had with you. And it was something about paying attention to my body. And I think it was about breathing probably. But I've been paying, trying to pay so much more attention to like the messages my body gives Mm -hmm. me about situations where I'm like, ooh, why do I feel so anxious right now? Or why do I have this like weird pit in my stomach? Um, And then I try to like connect it to a thing. Um, But I'm curious because just from my own experience as your client. But I mean, you're an astrologer and you're a medium, but I feel like in a lot of ways, and I would, I've described what you do to people sometimes who are maybe a little more reticent, like, I don't believe in astrology. I'm like, I'm like, okay, but she's kind of like a super boosted therapist. In some <laughs> I, don't, I mean, I don't, yeah. you may, I don't know if you want to, you would describe yourself in that way, but I imagine that like, even though a lot of the work you're doing with people is sort of technical, um, but do you ever, feel that way with people of like okay I'm here to sort of be you know that's what I'm like I'm like she's kind of a like a really intense mirror (laughs) yeah I I consider the work I do to be counseling for sure and I I had um what I wanted to be when I grew up when I was a little kid was Mm -hmm. a social worker and then I discovered astrology and I was like well forget that I'll just be an astrologer and then years into my practice I was like I seriously considered and investigated going to school to become, mm. uh, you know, licensed therapist. And I came to the decision that I didn't want to be constrained by yeah. mm-hmm. the the rules of it. And that I don't want to study, no, you know, no disrespect, but I didn't want to study what a bunch of men said about <laughs> sure. human psychology. Yeah. And that's, that's a lot of what, yep. you know, students have to do. And also, I don't have any school debt, so I'm pretty, I'm pretty <laughs> yeah. damn pleased with myself. But um, I, the way that I structure my work is very much as counseling people. Yeah. So when people come in and they ask me questions, I will counsel them around their question. Yep. Which is essentially what I'm trying to say is people ask me the wrong questions all the time. And I help <laughs> to support them in identifying yeah. how it's the wrong question and, and point them towards what the right question is. Because when you're asking the wrong yep. question, you will never get an answer that helps you. Oh, that's mm. so true. Have yeah. you read um, Lori Gottlieb's You Should Talk to Someone? No. Ooh, okay, so Lori, this, uh, this reminds me of that because Lori Gottlieb, she's a pretty famous um, therapist. I think she had like a column for a while and she wrote some really famous viral article on like kids and why kids don't need to be happy all the time or whatever. And people kept trying to get her to write a book and she's like, oh, I don't want to write that book. So she ended up writing this book um, about being a therapist, but also being a, a, a client herself who goes to a, a therapist because she goes through this really horrific breakup and she gets really con- consumed with like, why? Why did this happen? Why did he break up with me? Why wasn't I good enough? And her therapist catches her in saying this one thing where she goes, well, my life is half over. And then she kind of goes on. He goes, uh, 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 back up. Mm-hmm. He's like, I think that's why you're here. She's like, no, 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 I'm not here. I'm here because I, I, I need you to confirm to me that this person was a sociopath. <laughs> and she's like so hung up <laughs> on being rejected. And he keeps bringing her back to like, 
you're having like a crisis of mortality right mm-hmm. now. Um, and that's kind of what, and it's really interesting to like watch somebody who is a therapist who you'd think would like objectively. Doesn't work no, like that. <laughs> Doesn't work like that. But it, yeah. but I think you're so onto something where we, we come in with like the wrong question yeah. and that's gotta be such, is that something that you feel like early on you could discern or did that take a lot of time of working with people to like, learn oh they're not asking the right question and then how do i gently steer them or not gently i'm not that gentle (laughs) um i I, it's definitely something so so i should say you know i have been counseling people full-time since 1999 you know so i've counseled a lot of people for many many years and i and i don't say that like in a braggadocious way i say that i'm just saying that in you know where i've come to is through practice and experience and practice and experience. And I think that that's an important thing for, you know, young astrologers or like new witches or counselors of any kind, because it's not just about having a skill set. It's about having confidence in your own perceptions as a practitioner mm-hmm. to be willing to be wrong or to have your client reject your perspective. Because if a person comes in and they say, I want my boyfriend to come back to me. Where's my boyfriend? Why hasn't my boyfriend come back to me? I want you to do a reading about that. (laughs) And I say to them, okay, I'll do a reading about that, which of course I did in the early years of my practice because I wanted to like prove that I could answer questions and I wanted to give the client what they wanted. And I didn't feel good about the work Mm. and it wasn't the right thing and it didn't actually support them. It just scratched an itch. And over the course of years, I was able to identify that and then take the risk of saying, that's not how I work. Yeah. And let me let's unpack before we look at whether or not he'll come back. Is there a reason why it broke up? Mm. Was this a healthy relationship? Mm -hmm. Are you being passive and sitting around waiting for something to happen that you actually need to be activating in your life? Let's actually ask questions of this. You know, when people come in and they say, when will I have kids? I say, well, why do you want kids? Do you want kids? You know, people say, when will I get married? I say, do you want to be married? Why? Why do you want to be married? And I'll tell you, most people who I ask that question to have never considered the question before. Yeah. Because we don't question our assumptions. And so it's about my willingness to have people be annoyed with me or 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 be frustrated or, um, you know, want me to just answer their damn question. (laughs) And I can hold space for that and not take it personally because I don't feel that it is personal. Right. Um, and that takes, I think, practice. There's no amount of book learning. Yeah. It's not just a personality thing. It's just practice and, and yeah. uh, kind of an ability to engage with someone I'm counseling from where they're at. Some people have a much deeper tolerance for uh, being investigative into their own shit mm-hmm. than other people. And some topics are more tender and some moments yeah. are more tender than others. So it's kind of all of that. And um, at this point, because of social media and my podcast and like, you know, I've done video stuff. So people have a greater sense of my work and they don't expect me to answer all their questions (laughs) as much as they used to. Mm -hmm. Um, But still people come in to see me and they're just shocked that I won't fortune tell for them. Right. Um, And I just don't see the value in it. I, I don't think it I don't think it's a healing act. So I try to keep things constructive, you know, as much as possible. I'm curious if. You know, when you personally are at a place where uh, you need your questions to be reframed, what kind of resources you turn to? What kind of guides? Sure. I have lots of them. I mean, I have a million tools at home that I can reference. I have a very supportive and lovely partner. Um, 
I have a uh, energy healer that I work with and I've been working with every year for about 15 years. She's amazing. Um, and I have, and her name is, uh, Nick, Nikki Sachi. So if you want to look her up, you can look her up and schedule an appointment with her. Um, I have two different therapists that I work with depending, you know, um, I can kind of like touch base with them. Um, so I don't see them every week at this time, but I have at others. Um, I have a lot and other energy workers actually now that I'm thinking that, um, there's a lot of people that I consult with, um, and that are supportive to me. And I, and of course, of course I also have friends, but I do think as a practitioner, it's really important to have practitioners that can support and help through mm -hmm. life shit because there is, there's a, a need for me to manage my own in a relationships like in a relationship to my all my things all my stuff mm -hmm. because if i'm asking other people to do the work and i'm not doing the work yeah mm -hmm. that's a damn problem and i really do believe and this is kind of speaking to something that you brought up earlier the energetics you know someone can be speaking a truth mm -hmm. but if they don't personally resonate with that truth then they're not carrying the energy of the truth mm -hmm. and there's something really transformative about being with a person who's holding the energy of a truth mm -hmm. and it's empowering for you to actually understand it and integrate it in a really different way um so so i, I do you know this is like my 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 life it's not just about social media or a podcast or a book or whatever so yeah. it's something that i do because it's my commitment to myself and it's like what i want to do in the in the world so yeah, yeah, yeah definitely it's always um i always like hearing about people's scaffolding you know mm -hmm. their yeah, lineage yeah. like yeah. what what kind of like allows them to thrive so they can kind of spread that it's right? such a good question i think it's one that should be asked more and more and more because yeah. because we all have our ways and also you know i want to acknowledge that there's ways that i'm not answering your question because it's personal yeah yeah and absolutely. i keep it personal yeah. because that's what my that's how my my nature works i'm really yeah. private yeah. and i think that there's you know especially in the realm of the witch um mm -hmm. and in energy work I think there are many things we need to kind of keep to ourselves. Mm -hmm. yeah. Not everything is meant for public consumption. Yeah, no, and, I and that's really totally understand because I am also a very private person. And but there's there's this kind of push and pull for me of like how much to cite and how much to kind of keep sacred yes. to myself. Right? Yeah, yeah, me too. I mean, I think for all of us, especially in this very public world, yeah. and you know, we have like public platforms. Yeah. But I think it's really essential to keep things sacred and private. And to give yourself latitude for that, because mm -hmm. there is pressure, you know. There's so much pressure yeah. to, like, for everything to, to kind of like, I mean, citing sources is one thing, but also kind of like, uh, you know, tagging an Instagram or you yeah. know, like all yeah. these things that are sort of like um, part of this performative transactional mm -hmm. yeah. like life we live now. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was once having a conversation about house systems and on Twitter and a bunch of people were like, show us your chart. And I was like, uh, I'm deleting this whole no. thread. No, you cannot no, demand no. my birth chart. Whoa, that is the wrong yeah. vibe for me. Yeah. yeah, it's just, yeah, it's complicated. Yeah, I, I go back and forth too about whether I want to reveal my chart to, D you know, during book yeah. events or yeah. during events where that's, that's brought up. I will say right now, what was said to me I would say 25 years ago by an astrologer that was really influential to me that I never learned her name. Uh, your chart is a sacred document. Mm. Maybe it wasn't that woman. Maybe somebody else said it. I take it back. I don't know who said this to me, but it was very influential. Your chart is a sacred document and you should not trust 
people who have not earned your trust Ooh, with yeah. your birth chart. Yeah. Because if, if you're letting someone who's an actual astrologer or who thinks they're an astrologer yeah. see your chart, they're going to see things about you and make calls yeah. about you. So yeah. be very protective of your birth chart. Yeah. 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 Having experienced things like that, I totally agree. Yeah. Like I sometimes will be like, you my rising yeah that's really <laughs> that's fair that's really i think that's healthy honestly sun moon rising that's all you yeah, get yeah that's all you get sure all right, like, we... look at me naked <laughs> <laughs> shall we play some more music? yeah music yeah so you can follow us on twitter at witch radio we're also on instagram at witch radio let us know if you have questions for jessica and here are some more songs from Jessica Lignato. This is Old Fashioned Gal by Kat Edmondson. You're listening to Astral Projection Radio Hour on BFF.fm. In a high-tech driven marketplace of communications and aerospace, are you seeking something far less complicated? If modern-day advancements do not seem to you enhancements, but instead abstruse and often overrated, are you tired of being assailed by barrages of emails and are pop-up ads destroying your morale? Well, then look no further, brother. We were destined for each other. I'm an old-fashioned gal Is it often when you dine That you're also apt to whine How you wish the spot had not a television The jokes your date was telling That ensued such LOLing <laughs> Weren't exactly what your hoping heart envisioned if you would care to dance But refrain for fear of chance That what they may play might hurt your ear canal Find this dating site too sleazy Contact me direct, I'm easy I'm an old-fashioned gal Bring, bring me a good old-fashioned telephone One inextricably connected to a wall Oh, why be a slave to my telephone? And God forbid that I should miss a single call Or text or notification All the old ways of relating Making friends or even mating now are taking place in virtual locales Just come over, let's play records How about a game of checkers? I'm an old-fashioned I wanna be romance like an old-fashioned Old-fashioned
Making love was just for fun Those days are gone Living alone I think of all the friends I've known Nobody's home Don't wanna be Sometimes I feel so insecure And love so distant and obscure
was just for fun Those days are gone Astral Projection Radio Hour on BFF.fm, Best Frequencies Forever. You just heard Eric Carmen <laughs> seven minutes all by myself. Uh, could you someone Thanks, just, Jessica. Someone just texted in about that. Why are you doing this to me? Well, the thing and is... We're doing this to you because it's Saturday. Because it's Saturday in Capricorn. Capricorn. Say and, more. Say more I about mean, that. listen. <laughs> all by that. myself. Come on. Uh, yeah. So melancholy. Yeah. I did not clock that you did. I did not clock that it was seven minutes, <laughs> the number and of ten Saturn. Seconds. O-M-G. Yeah. Seven Saturn's minutes. at home. Yeah. Yeah. Just in the back. Yeah. If you don't like that song, yeah. then you must be a much more joyous <laughs> creature than and I am. Yeah. And I was saying to you guys off air, my, it really speaks to my Capricorn moon, which yeah. is very much like, must I do it all by myself? Must I be yes. forever alone? Yes. Must I always be only relying on myself? Capricorn yes. moon. Hashtag yeah. <laughs> yes. So true. Yes. Yes. I get it. And before that was Kat Edmondson with Old Fashioned Gal. Um, I want to bring us back to your book. Book, baby. If you haven't seen it, listeners, if you haven't seen this book yet, it's um, it's a really unique. Oops. <laughs> it's flying around the room. It's, it's Saturn. Saturn. It's a sunshine book. book be it's like a yeah, it's alive. Um, <laughs> it's a really unique structure, and I'm curious if you could talk a little bit about um, how you came to this particular structure and. How to use this book? Excellent question. Thank you. So the structure was a lot of me and T Greenway talked about this a lot, um, and we worked really hard on creating a structure that would both kind of give us the freedom to focus on different kinds of relationships um, and also be reader friendly and user friendly. Because essentially, I I know that when people start studying astrology, they're obsessed with signs. Um, but the actual practice of astrology is more about planets and house placement. And then, you know, when you get more advanced, it's about aspects as well. There's like a lot of things that, that you must learn when you're learning astrology. But what this book does is it takes, it's broken into three sections and it's color coded per section. Like I said earlier, friends, TBD dating, long-term relationship dating. And in each section, there's an introduction on the topic itself of, let's say, we'll just talk about friendship. 
on friendship. Like, what is the nature of friendship? How to be a damn friend? What is a friend? Um, AKA, if you're using friendship as a placeholder for love relationships, you're doing it wrong. Mm. Um, and so the then what we do is we go through each planet. And I break down what the planet indicates, and in particular in the context of friendship in the friendship section. Um, and then, you know, of course, in each topic, each section. Um, and then we go through that planet through all the signs and then that planet through all the houses. Because having, let's say, a sun in Leo, you might be like, oh, you're a Leo. But if you have the sun in the 12th house, everybody's description of sun and Leo is not going to feel like right. you. Mm -hmm. Because the 12th house makes you feel more like a Pisces. Mm -hmm. um, and on and on it goes, right? So what we do is we look at First, the what the planet itself means in the context of the kind of relationship we're talking about, and then the planet through a sign and house so that you can start layering data, which gives you a more accurate, nuanced, and uh, useful understanding of astrology, but also of your relationships. Mm. And the other component of what was so important to me with this book is, is teaching people how to do something that I do in my practice, which is taking taking data or the object of let's say a planet and looking at it from different angles so mm -hmm. when we're looking at something like venus from the perspective of a new relationship versus a friendship versus the person you're partnered to for a decade that's going to be a different way of looking at understanding and working with the planet venus um more importantly when we look at the outer planets saturn uranus neptune pluto when we look at the outer planets which is my deep deep passion um, and we see how house placement, more than sign, is deeply important. We can see um, kind of our more driving or inherited issues. And so this book, you know, I think a lot of people buying this book are going to be relatively new to astrology. And when I say relatively new, I mean in the first like 10 years of their study. Um, hopefully more seasoned astrologers will like it as well. But um, there are simply more people who are not seasoned astrologers in the world. Um, and so my hope is that this will incite passion and love of the outer planets mm -hmm. um, because where the outer planets are placed in your birth chart is so driving to your nature and personality. Mm. It's such useful information. So being able to look in a nuanced way at each planet, its placement in your chart by sign and house is just invaluable. And this is a really foundational tool for reading a birth chart. Mm -hmm. um, or spying on someone, which is not what I'm advising. <laughs> but, you know, for your friends, I think it's great. And I've gotten so many amazing like emails and messages and DMs and mm -hmm. stuff like that from people saying that they like share it with their friends and they like all, you know, be like, oh, my God, this is me or whatever. And it's just I can't tell you how good it feels. It's really mm -hmm. amazing. So can you say a little tiny bit more because I know we're running out of time about the outer planets and your passion for them? Yeah. Um, OK, so the outer planets, people tend to you know, kind of like look past them because it's easier to understand how those quicker moving planets impact you because they, mm -hmm. they're personalized. Mm -hmm. But the outer planets in astrology, from my perspective, reflect your inherited issues. They reflect, first of all, the generation you're born into and the unique conditions that impact your generation. Um, when we look at the outer planets in the birth chart, we can see inherited class and the class issues that we have. We can see all kinds of cultural issues from immigration to just like a million different things. Mm -hmm. We see inherited trauma. We see inherited um, assets and resources. And all of those things tend to live in our innermost psychology. They tend to be the most driving and often unconscious things in our mm -hmm. nature. 
And when we learn to understand them and unpack them, we become, I believe, a lot more successful as humans in whatever that means for you and wherever you're at. Um, additionally, understanding that we exist in context of the time and world that we live mm-hmm. in yeah. and that some of the things that you're dealing with are not just about you. You know, they're about the economy you were built, born into or, you know, the complexities of whatever inherited shit you have. Um, that can be really validating and it can also help you find your resources, you know, mm-hmm. uh, by not taking everything so personally. Yeah, it's kind of like a great way to not feel so alone and to yes. live collectively, right? Yes, yeah. yes, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, I also, uh, you know, something that really struck me about this book and having, you know, Beatrix and I having gone through the process of making an astrology book is it's your book makes it really hard to just flip to a sun sign. Yeah. And that is like something (laughs) that I think we kind of failed to, it's a hard one to avoid on, on designing a way, but I was like, yeah, this is. Well, you know, I was telling you guys earlier, but my partner, bless his soul, he heard me complain, complain, complain about this. But then as soon as he got the book in his hands, did he flip to look for his son's sign? You know he did. You know like, he did. Have I taught you nothing? Have I taught you nothing? <laughs> but I think, I think that, you know, it's, it's, a, it's the way that people have been trained to interact with astrology yeah. texts and astrology in general. It's like the horoscoping, yeah. you know. Um, but I think um, I'm glad that it made it hard. And, yeah. you know, the thing about this, the book is that you do need to look at um, your planetary alignment. So you don't need to know your time of birth, but you need to know where the planets were on the day of your birth. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, my website, there's like a, a free tab at my on my website. And if you scroll to the like, there's like a bunch of free things I offer. Yeah. And one of them is a birth chart. It's drawing. so great. I have mine pulled up right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really pretty, too. Yeah. yeah. It's like Cute, really right? nicely designed. Yeah. I'm curious, uh, in your work as an astrologer, have you ever worked with someone who just like didn't know when they were born? And yeah. how do you kind of like figure out their chart from there? Yeah. So if you don't have a birth date, there's nothing we can do as it you know, with astrology. Um, but if you have a birth date and year, um, but you don't have a time, I work with that a lot. There's a process called rectification. Mm-hmm. Um, not all astrologers do it. Um, it is something I do, but it is essentially we can time events that have already occurred in your life mm-hmm. um, to determine a time of birth. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. It takes time yeah. and it doesn't work with clients who don't have a good memory of their own past. They're like, oh, I think I went through a break of a 92, but it could have been 94. That doesn't work. <laughs> you have to have like, you know, the, the, the person without a birth time needs to do their own research. Um, but it can be done. Yes. And I, and I have done it with, you know, a high measure of success. Um, and by success, I say accuracy of being able to time life events, future and past. That's how I determine success in a situation like that. Yeah. Yeah. I so think let's, so. Um, Let's plug where people can find your book and where they can find you. And if you're doing any cool events coming up, I heard a mention of a little tour. Thank you very much. much. So they can find me on the World Wide Web. Um, I'm at lovelaniato.com, which no one can say or spell, which is super (laughs) stupid of me. Um, But I did it and I'm sticking with it, apparently. So uh, but I'm guessing it'll be like written somewhere in your show notes. Yes. Right. Okay. cool. So and then you can like spend hours listening to my podcast, which is so good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. And that's ghostofapodcast.com. It's all on my website, but there's multiple addresses. I'm going to be in New York doing so many events, TBD, TBD, TBD. Um, and I'll put live events on my website once they're confirmed and scheduled. 
Um, but New York, I'm coming to you. It'll be February 11th through the 19th. So I'm going to be in New York for a minute. Cool. And then I'll be in Seattle in May for Norwalk, which is an astrology conference I'm speaking at. Um, I'm doing a bunch of stuff in the Bay. Um, again, I'm supposed to load up my website with this details. Have I done it yet? No, I haven't. <laughs> check back. But uh, check back, yeah. check back. Yeah, sign up for my mailing list, which I'm really bad at sending up mailings, but sign up. And you know, I'm going to start doing AMAs. Oh, you know what an AMA is? Yeah, okay, ask cool, cool, cool. Anything. Reddit, um, yeah, or... ask me anything, but not really anything. <laughs> ask me anything about astrology and yeah. like psychic shit. Yeah. So um, I'm going to start trying to do those monthly cool. because I'm so hard to get an appointment with. I want to yeah. make myself more available. That's great. Um, yeah, and it's easier than like I can only do one question a week on my podcast, right? Yeah. Are you doing those on, on Instagram or something? Else? I'll do them like in a webinar fashion oh, okay. through my website. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. On Instagram, it gets really like the questions move so fast. Oh, yeah. You yeah, keep yeah, track. Yeah. Okay. Keep track. So yeah, so not doing it there. Uh, and then let's see, are there other things I'm doing? Podcast, book? No, I have an app for you iOS. App. It's free. Yeah. You can download it Tiny if you Spark. like cute things. Tiny Spark. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I like that app. Thank you very much. Every time I consult it, it's like you already know. <laughs> like yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. All right. My cousin, who's 19 years old, well, she actually just turned 20. She sometimes writes me angry uh, <laughs> messages. She's just like, it sounds exactly like you. It just told me to shut up. <laughs> like it's so. like having a little Jessica in your phone. Yeah, it's like it's, having, it yeah. is. Yeah, it's like what we were mentioning earlier, having a tiny Jessica yeah. on your shoulder. You can get tiny, it's so tiny great. spark. I hear your voice all the time. It would have been really funny if I'd called it tiny Jessica. And now <laughs> it's, like, it's a missed opportunity. Yeah. What a dummy oh, yeah. I am. You need a second app. I will clearly. And it's just... Tiny yeah, Jessica. Just you, yeah. Yeah, just me barking barking orders at people. Jessica yeah. says no. Yeah, I hear that all the time in my head. Jessica's like, what are you doing? What are, I'm so glad that that's what you hear. That Don't makes, possess. That makes, my, that makes my inner everything so happy. Yeah, girl no. Girl no. Girl, stop it. That's right. Um, thank you so much for coming in. Thank, thank you, you for so having much. me. This is always And go buy her book, available at many bookstores and yeah. online. Yeah. Buy one for your friend. Yeah, buy one for your enemies because they yeah. need to be better people. But That's whenever true. you can shop local, buy support yes. your local bookstores. Yeah. 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 Don't use the large uh book website. No. Yeah. Use, use a local yeah. bookstore. Yeah. Um and if you follow <laughs> us on either Twitter and Instagram on uh at which radio. We'll have Jessica's yeah, we'll link, link uh, yeah. tagged yeah. so you can find you. it easily. We'll We're going to leave you with the space lady, Born to be Wild. Thanks so much, Jessica. Bye. Thanks for having me. We'll see you Bye, next everybody. week. Bye.